Do you think that from a messaging standpoint, we've got to make a better and stronger and simpler case? Uh, yes, you do, because this is too convoluted, talking about Burisma and right. Russian assets. What we just talked about is too convoluted for, for everyday Americans who have real jobs in the real world and real lives, and they're not DC dorks like I am, right? So, <laughs> you know, I mean, so what you would have to say is, is look, you can't have a president of the United States taking foreign bribes, especially from our enemies like China and Russia, right? So if he's doing that, he can't be the president. He's compromised. All right, folks, welcome to the Sean Spicer Show. It's Wednesday. We've made it halfway through the work week. A lot to get to. Obviously, Hunter Biden shows up on Capitol Hill today, gets out of the car, and then says, hey, I'm not going to do this. It was a great political stunt, uh, but was it a good legal move? Uh, we're going to break it down with Mike Davis. He was the head of nominations for the Senate Judiciary Committee, former uh, and now current head of the Article 3 Project. We're going to talk to him about that, the impeachment process, why this vote is so important, and then all of the legal issues that President Trump is facing. Will this affect his ability to get elected? What is the strategy of Jack Smith? So many things on the legal front to break down with Mike Davis when it comes to President Trump. We ask all the right questions to Mike Davis. Let's get into it with him. Mike Davis, welcome back to the show. Big news today, Hunter Biden and his attorney pull up to Capitol Hill. They were supposed to uh, testify, be deposed today. They get out of their Secret Service vehicle uh, and then make a statement uh, right there in front of the Capitol and say, we are not going inside unless it's a public hearing where I can be deposed. My guess is that he would just plead the fifth then in public, but that's not here, neither here nor there. So, And then he gets back in the car and drives away. Jim Jordan, uh, Jim Comer, the rest of the, the Republicans sort of do a quick press conference and say they're aghast that he hasn't done this. From a legal standpoint, I assume that showing up outside the venue that you're supposed to be deposed and then getting in a car and leaving doesn't count. No, and the House should hold Hunter Biden in contempt of Congress because he's obviously able to go testify. He showed up and he doesn't get to pick the manner in which he testifies. That That's Congress's job through the subpoena power and Congress wanted a deposition of him ahead of time. And then after they, that's pretty routine. You issue subpoenas for staff depositions or even member depositions. And then you can have a public hearing after that if Congress chooses, but this is. So it's funny though, that you say this, I want you to just explain this to the audience because I, I talked to a couple of people in the past 24 hours. We were debating whether he would show up or not. And someone said to me, why does it matter? Let him testify in public. Like, and my point to them was what you said, but I'm not a lawyer. And it was, it was, he doesn't get to choose how this goes down, right? I mean, that's the point is that he's basically saying, I'm Hunter Biden. I don't want to do it that way. I want to do it my way. Yeah, I mean, Congress has the absolute uh, constitutional power, the constitutional duty to investigate wh whether the sitting president's of the United States is compromised by tens of millions of dollars in foreign bribes and other corruption to every Biden family member, except for the six-year-old granddaughter who they finally claimed after six years. And it's not it's not Hunter's right to say that he he's only gonna testify in the manner he wants. He has to follow whatever Congress wants. That's their constitutional duty to get to the bottom of whether the president's compromised. And, He's playing games here with his lawyer and con Congress should move forward with a contempt resolution. And so, so I wanted to ask you about that. He got out of this car, the Secret Service vehicle, with his attorney, Abby Lowell, very prominent D.C. attorney. 
as an attorney, would you have advised him to, to do this public stunt? I mean, I assume the reason was to show, hey, I'm not defying the, sub- the subpoena or the deposition. I'm just not doing it in private. So therefore, he gets the media on his side. From a legal standpoint, was that a smart move or a stupid move? I think it was a very stupid move because it showed, it showed that Hunter Biden was able to testify. He was there. There was no reason he couldn't testify. He couldn't say that, you know, he had a, a health issue or a mental issue or whatever. He showed up and put on a charade. And frankly, Abby Lowell uh, may have broken the law himself. You can't conspire with someone. You can't aid someone in, a, in obstructing a congressional investigation. There's There are a lot of Trump supporters who are in prison right now for obstructing congressional proceedings. Uh, Abby Lowell doesn't get to do this because he's an attorney. All right, if you've been watching the show for a while, you know about my friend, Leo Grill. Leo is the founder of Delta Rescue. You can see all the work he's doing at deltarescue.org. But Leo's story with rescuing animals goes far back. He had rescued a Doberman that was very unhealthy, very undernourished. Leo brought it in and he named the dog Delta. And the thing is, it wasn't just out of thin air. Delta stands for dedication and everlasting love to animals. And if you know anything about what Delta Rescue's done, I've told you, go to deltarescue.org. Look at the videos, look at the work that they're doing. It's the largest no-kill sanctuary in the world. If you are an animal lover, you love what Delta Rescue's doing. Um, the thing about Delta Rescue is, I've told you before, all of the great work they do is because of the donations of people like me and you. Five bucks, ten dollars, a hundred, whatever. When you go to deltarescue.org, you can contribute. But more importantly, if you're a real animal lover and you care about the work that these guys do by giving that no-kill sanctuary for life, you can support them by making them part of your estate and helping them make this an enduring mission for Leo and everyone else at Delta Rescue. Go to deltarescue.org, check out that estate planning guide, look at the video, see the work that you'd be supporting, download it, and think about making that part of your estate going forward, deltarescue.org. Paul Manafort, the former president's campaign chairman, he went to jail. Steve Bannon's had a sentence of four months issued against him for failing to comply with a subpoena. Where does this thing go? And the the thing that I think is interesting is obviously now you have a DOJ because Congress would refer that to the Department of Justice, right? Isn't that how that works? And so then they'd have to decide whether to uh, enforce it. Yeah, I mean, and you're going to see that that Matthew Graves, uh, President Biden's U.S. attorney in D.C. is a highly partisan operative. He has politicized and weaponized the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office to go after Trump and Trump's supporters and Trump's top age. You talked about Bannon and Peter Navarro, uh, Trump's attorneys, uh, Christians. Uh, it, it never ends. And he and while he's given amnesty to Biden, Biden's family, Biden's lawyers, Biden's aides, BLM supporters, Antifa supporters, Hamas supporters who are terrorizing Jewish Americans with hate crimes and uh, you know, it it never ends. I, I wouldn't hold your breath for the Biden Justice Department to do anything uh, about uh, bringing any sort of contempt charges against Hunter Biden. I think that's going to have to happen uh, when Trump's back in office. It's unbelievable, though. You got people who are literally sentenced to prison for defying. And I don't I, look, I don't actually believe that the January 6th committee uh had real authority. I mean, that that's a whole nother subject. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but it was not created with the authority that most congressional committees are, meaning that the minority wasn't given the ability to have their members put on it. The majority chose the members 
of the minority to represent. I mean, it was kind of ridiculous. The idea that Liz Cheney was the ranking member, despite the fact that the minority hadn't appointed her, which has been throughout congressional history. But that's the side. The point is the courts found it valid. And that's what matters. And so if that kind of a committee gets upheld as having its power deemed legitimate, you would assume that the House Judiciary Committee would have to be deemed equally as important and enforceable when it comes to subpoenas, right? Well, even more so, I think the House Judiciary and the House Oversight Committees have been in existence since like the early 1800s uh, at the beginning of the Congress, uh, beginning of our country. So yeah, I mean, these are absolutely valid subpoenas and it's absolutely within Congress's power, its duty again, to figure out whether the sitting president of the United States is compromised by payments from China and Russia and Ukraine and Kazakhstan and every other trouble spot around the world. That that Congress absolutely has to get to the bottom of this. This has nothing, but the Democrats want to make this look like this is about hookers and blow from some degenerate son of the president. That's not what this is about. This is about whether President Biden is compromised. Okay, so that's what I want to move into next. I want to, just for everyone listening, my goal is to get to the Trump cases, because I think you have a very, very unique way of breaking these down. I want to get to that. But before I do that, let's kind of go where you were headed, which is this impeachment. So the the current narrative, Jim Jordan was on the show yesterday, and he talks about, you know, all of these people, the the payments, he lays out timelines. Um, and to your point, there's no question that in the court of public opinion, at least Hunter Biden is a degenerate, uh, spending money on hookers and blow, as you put it. But the bottom line is it needs to be connected to Joe Biden. Number one, how important is this impeachment inquiry vote that the House is taking today in terms of authority? And secondly, walk me through what you think they should be doing to make the case for impeachment. I mean, this is a very powerful and important vote because it gives Congress maximum power, right? When you when the when the House is in a uh, when when the House is investigating a president under impeachment power, they have a lot broader power than they do with general oversight, right? There's, you don't need a legislative purpose when you're doing uh, an impeachment inquiry. You need to figure out whether uh, there are high crimes and misdemeanors by an official. And this official happens to be the president of the United States who stands credibly accused of foreign bribery and corruption. Uh, if you have China giving money to Hunter Biden's LLC, and that ends up in Joe Biden's bank account. Or if you have these foreign governments, these foreign actors giving money to everyone in Biden's family for, for not doing any work, right? That That's bribery. That's corruption. You, If this happens with a city council member in you know, some town in back in my home state of Iowa, the FBI would raid their house and arrest them and charge them under foreign under federal corruption charges. And, uh, you know, we have a president of the United States who could be compromised in this. Uh, this really affects America's national security. Think about it this way, Sean. We had Obama, President Obama put Vice President Biden in charge of Ukraine. Biden went on the take, his family went on the take with Burisma, $10 million, allegedly, right? And yep. what did Russia do? Putin knew that this was happening. This Burisma executive who recorded Joe Biden and Hunter Biden shaking down foreign bribes, allegedly, right? He has all these tapes, allegedly. He's allegedly a Russian asset. So that means that Putin has compromising material 
on a sitting vice president and, and uh, at the time, and now the current sitting president of the United States. Maybe that's why Putin said, you know what, I'm going to take the risk of invading Ukraine and taking Crimea. We have four years of peace and prosperity in, in Ukraine around the world under Trump because Trump was not compromised. He wasn't taking foreign bribes, right? And they, we didn't see Russia invading Ukraine under Trump. But now Biden is back and Putin wants to take the rest of Ukraine because Putin smells the weakness from the corruption. He, Putin knows that Biden is compromised. So when, when Jim Jordan was on the show, he kept talking about all the people in the timeline. And I had some people call me, text me, give me some comments. They said, I get it, but this sounds really complicated. Do you think that from a messaging standpoint, we've got to make a better and stronger and, and simpler case? I, 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 yes, you do, because this is too convoluted, talking about Burisma and right. Russian assets. What we just talked about is too convoluted for, for everyday Americans who have real jobs in the real world and real lives, and they're not DC dorks like I am, right? So, <laughs> I mean, so what you would have to say is, is, look, you can't have a president of the United States taking foreign bribes, especially from our enemies like China and Russia, right? So if he's doing that, he can't be the president. He's compromised. So I made this case to Jim Jordan yesterday. There's a lot of talk about loans, right? And the point that I said to Jim Jordan is, the Democrats say these are simple loans. They were him getting paid back. And look, it says loan repayment in the check. Well, I get it. I've written some silly stuff in memo in the memo part of a check too. Sometimes just to be a wise wise guy. Sometimes to be funny uh, for another reason. Whatever. But my point is, just because it says loan repayment doesn't mean anything, right? So here's the point that I made to Jim Jordan. This to me seems like the simplest tact to go after. If if, if it was a loan repayment, two things had to be true. Number one, there had to be some kind of documentation to say, okay, hey, here's an email, here's a scratch piece of paper or whatever. But most importantly, there's some tax consequences. You're allowed to loan someone in your family $17,000. After that, there are tax implications. So either you met those tax implications on your yearly tax returns, or you didn't. And you pay taxes on that money. Because if I give someone 50 or 60 or $100,000 in my family, and I don't pay the ta- they don't pay the taxes on that, then that is a tax violation. But it has to be one or the other. And Jim Jordan said, well, that, okay, that makes sense. But my point is that we, they have to have either taken funds, which are the fruit of, of these deals that everybody keeps talking about, or it's a violation of tax law, but it has to be one or the other. And, and, and that way you kind of, for lack of a better word, entrap them by saying, pick your poison. Which crime did you commit? Do you get what I'm, is that a, do you agree that as a tactic that makes sense or is that losing the bigger war here? No, I mean, I think it's a very good way to frame it, right? And I, if I were Biden, I'd say, oh, oops, I forgot to pay my taxes because <laughs> foreign bribery is impeachable. I, you know, is, is forgetting to pay your, uh, you know, taxes, is that impeachable? That's up to the house to decide, but we know that foreign bribery is a high crime and mystery. All right, guys, are you tired like I am of testosterone booster products that just don't work? Um, That's why I've got a great idea for you. If you try our sponsor, Nugenics Total T, you will get a sample. You get to try before you buy. 
That's the beautiful thing about Nugenics Total Tea is you get a complimentary sample when you text 231231 and the keyword Spicer, 231231 keyword Spicer. Nugenics Total Tea Testosterone Booster has Testafin, right? That will help you turn back the clock to help you bring out that younger you. Uh, but don't take our word for it. That's the beauty of like what I'm saying. Text 231231 keyword Spicer. You get a complimentary bottle and you get to try before you buy. Uh, you've got nothing to lose. All, everything to gain. Uh, and you can now go do this and get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea. When you text the word plus, you get Nugenics Thermo X. That is their best, newest, most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you lose stubborn fat and get lean fast, especially around the holidays when we're maybe putting on a little extra because we're out a little more. Nugenics Total Tea can help you if you add that in. Plus, you get that bottle of Nugenics Thermo X. Such a great word right now. 231231 keyword Spicer. Remember that texting enrolls you into recurring automated text. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates apply. Number one doctor recommended brand by primary care physicians based on an independent survey by IQVIA 2022. So do they need to, if they don't go down that road, even if they do, what, what do they have to show? I've asked this before of, of some of these members on the committee. What is the connection? We all know, we all agree. I don't think there's even the, the leftist Dem that wouldn't agree that Hunter Biden is pretty much a scumbag and that he didn't pay taxes and that he lied on gun forms and all that stuff. But to get to the impeachment process, we have to directly tie this to Joe Biden. So what does that look like in your mind that tells the average American, see, it's not just Hunter Biden raking in millions influence peddling, lying on gun forms, doing drugs. Here's the connection to daddy. Yeah, I mean, that's just it. This is not about Hunter Biden and his debauchery, his, the degenerate son of the president. This is about the president of the United States being compromised. He's clearly compromised, right? And that's that has drastic effects on, on our well-being as Americans. We would not be spending $75 billion and counting in Ukraine if Joe Biden were clean. He's corrupt, and that's why... Putin invaded Ukraine, and that's why we're spending, we're coming on $100 billion to save three Russian-speaking provinces in eastern Ukraine that no one can identify on a map because Biden's corrupt and compromised. And so what I would do is show, look, we've seen there are, Cobra's been able to to tie the, the bank statements don't lie, right? The, 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 there's money that went into Hunter's LLC or Hunter's accounts and then went to Biden's accounts. They know that is the case. They they've able they've been able to track the money where it came from and where it went to. And they and they're still uncovering this, right? And here's the other question that needs to be the, the other answer that Joe Biden needs to provide if the press would do its job and ask actually ask this. <laughs> yeah. Why why are the why is every family member getting money from these foreign countries? Right? These, Doesn't that I mean that to me has always been the sort of like what the, the wife is getting money, everybody's getting paid out. I can't believe that no one's asking that question. What did you do? What function did you perform? Yeah, and that's and that and during this impeachment inquiry, they should call in all of these Bidens who got money and make them testify. And guess what? This yes, I, I've been saying this. If they want to plead the, if they want to try to plead the Fifth Amendment or say that they don't want to incriminate themselves, which they have the constitutional right to do. I think Congress should give them immunity, including even Hunter, if they have to, because 
guess what? Nothing's going to happen to Hunter anyway. They're going to go through this charade of a prosecution with David Weiss, who protected the Bidens for years and years and years. And then when after the election, whether Joe Biden wins or loses, he's going to pardon his son and his family and maybe even himself. So I think it's more important for purposes of the American people knowing whether a uh, sitting president is compromised. I think the House should give immunity to these Bidens and make them come in and testify so they can't plead. So just to be clear, from a legal standpoint, if they were given immunity and told you now you, you then does that mean then you have to talk once yes. you are? Yeah. So you can't plead the fifth if you know that you yourself won't be prosecuted for a crime that you admit to. Correct. Correct. They don't face they don't face any criminal liability if, the, if you if they get immunity from. Congress. So then they can't. What happens if they said, I'm sorry, I can't. I mean, it's my dad. It's my uncle, whatever. I'm not talking. Then what happens? They go to jail. They, you can hold them in contempt. Uh, you can, there, there's a, there's a cell block in, in, in Congress. You can arrest them. You might have a problem with the Secret Service, but uh, you know. And then what could happen is, is that you know, when Trump's back in office, you can have a, a Justice Department that actually does its job and doesn't have Matthew Graves as the U.S. Attorney in D.C. And you can actually look at prosecuting them, or Trump can appoint a special counsel to look at prosecuting the Bidens. Right? I mean. You, you you don't get to take foreign bribes as the president of the United States. You don't get to take foreign bribes as, as the vice president of the United States. And that includes you, you don't get to let your every one of your family members, it seems, your extended family, get money from foreign countries, get money from foreign entities. And oh, by the way, that affects American policy. It wasn't just the money. It actually affected American policy. Remember, uh, with the Burisma deal, Joe Biden threatened to cut off a billion dollars in U.S. aid to Ukraine right. if the Ukrainian president didn't fire the Ukrainian prosecutor, <laughs> prosecutor. investigating Burisma and the Bidens, right? So I, it changed American policy when he was the vice president of the United States. On its face, that in itself, and the guy brags about it. He's like, I, he sits on these panels and says, you know, I told him if he's not gone, I'm getting on that plane. And I'm like, he, they don't even care. He's so um, stupid. But the problem is, is he left out the part where Joe Biden and Hunter Biden allegedly got $10 million from Burisma. <laughs> well, I think that would have been a really dumb, that, that would have been going a little too far, even for him. Um, I want to talk to former President Trump uh, and his legal situation. Let's start at like 50 or 60,000 feet, right? From the outside looking in, okay, I look at the Alvin Bragg case in New York. Statue of limitations had expired. Normally a, a misdemeanor, they upgraded to a felony by combining like 18 different things, tying a bow on it, and making new law. Okay, then you go down to, to Georgia and Fannie Willis. You've got these two cases in uh, this case in DC uh, and then this other one in New York that's a civil case going after him. Not to mention the 14th Amendment efforts to remove him from the ballot in Colorado and Michigan or whatever. This from the outside, Mike Davis, looks very clearly like a concerted effort to go all in in keeping him off the ballot, putting him in jail, preventing him from taking office. Just start at the top and from a legal standpoint, tell me, is that a bad, is that an unfair, is this a random coincidence that all these things are happening at once? Or do you believe that there is some kind of effort to ensure that Trump is imperiled politically, that he's locked up? that he could never take the office. I mean, what, what, what is going on? Because like I said, 50,000 feet looking down, if you brought somebody in blindfolded them, didn't tell them the names of the people and said, what do you think is happening in this scenario? They would say, well, they're clearly an effort to keep this guy from 
you know, uh, resuming any kind of normal political activity, right? Yeah, I mean, this is obviously Democrat lawfare and election interference against President Trump because they know that the American people will put President Trump back in the White House on November 5th, 2024. The Democrats impeached President Trump twice for nonsense. They brought four indictments against President Trump for non-crimes. They're trying to bankrupt his business with the with a civil fraud lawsuit for the non-fraud of a businessman paying back sophisticated Wall Street banks in full on time as agreed with interest. Somehow that's fraud. And then that all backfired. And, uh, you know, uh, as we predicted at the Article 3 project in our 2,500 plus media hits defending and supporting President Trump uh, during this lawfare campaign by the Democrats going back to the Mar-a-Lago raid in August of 2022. And so Trump is now beating Biden like a drum for the upcoming election, right? And so what are the Democrats trying to do? They're just gonna say, you know what? We're gonna save democracy apparently by taking away the Americans' ability to pick their president. They're dusting off a post Civil War constitutional provision, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment that was enacted after the Civil War to prevent Confederate uh, Confederates who engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the United States from, from holding office because they were, after the Civil War, these Confederates were winning office, including in the House of Representatives, and they were undermining the post-Civil War Reconstruction effort. They were undermining the Union, and so they passed Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. And how this is supposed to work is if you want to disqualify someone for insurrection or rebellion, you bring, uh, this is a case from 1869, then Chief Justice uh, uh, Samuel Chase uh, held that in order for Section 3 to be enforced, Congress has to pass a federal criminal statute for insurrection or rebellion. The U.S. attorney has to charge someone with insurrection or rebellion. You have to have a grand jury indict. Uh, with probable cause, you need to have the, uh, the the person tried with evidence beyond a reasonable doubt. The judge has to, the jury has to find him guilty unanimously. The judge has to convict him, and that conviction has to be upheld on appeal under a specific federal criminal statute that Congress passed in 1870. Right, and so that's on the books. They didn't. Jack Smith charged President Trump for January 6th. They didn't. He didn't charge him for insurrection or, rebe or rebellion because the evidence does not exist. What happened on January 6th was a protest. All right, guys, most of us know what it's like to be without power, sometimes for an hour, maybe a day, a couple days after a natural disaster, a hurricane, a windstorm, you know, whatever. But now national security experts are warning that our power grid is more vulnerable than ever. And they've identified nine key substations, which if attacked, they're saying we could lose power for months, months. That's why having your own solar power is more important than ever. So I recommend the Patriot Power Generator, which is a solar generator that you don't have to install in your house. It's portable, you can take it with you. You can use it inside your house. And it's powerful enough that if power goes out, we're talking your phones, your tablets, your computers, medical devices, even your refrigerator gets power. So if you go to fourpatriots.com and use code SPICER, you get 10% off your first purchase. It's four patriots.com includes that patriot power generator you'll get a uh that guarantee for a year free shipping if it's over 97 bucks and a portion of every sale is donated to charities that support veterans right that's great so go to fourpatriots.com use code spicer fourpatriots.com you do not want to be without power 
in case something happens. And all of these people that were charged with violations on January 6th, has anybody been charged with the crime of insurrection? No, no. They've really? been, there have been people who have been charged with like seditious conspiracy, but that's not the, the criminal statute that you can use to disqualify under Section 3 of the 14th. Right, but, but I mean, you think about it, it's not just Trump that hasn't been charged, nevertheless convicted, but no one, no one surrounding those events was charged with insurrection. So how do you say you, Trump, are unqualified to serve under this thing when not a single person was charged with it? And that's just, think about what happened on January 6th. How many insurrectionists go unarmed into a nation's capital, right? I mean, it just doesn't happen. And how many insurrectionists get into a nation's capital and walk through velvet ropes, follow police direction, take selfies, and walk out without burning down the damn place? It was a protest that got out of control and turned into a riot, right? And so what these Democrats are trying to do is they're trying to go to deep blue states like Colorado. They went to a biased Democrat judge in Colorado, this new judge, Sarah Wallace, in the Denver District Court. She, right in 2022, after the Democrat governor named her to the Denver District Court, but before she was sworn in in January, in October of 2022, she donated to an anti-Trump January 6th pack to chase Republicans out of office for January 6th. And then when Trump's lawyer said, hey, you're biased, you can't sit on this case. She said, oh, yeah, I made that donation. I forgot about it. But don't worry about it. I can be fair. Right. It's just completely <laughs> sure. She held that there was an insurrection, which is just silly. But she said that uh, she punted. She punted the political pressure and said, but uh, the 14th Amendment doesn't apply to the president, which may or may not be right. But now the uh, the, the seven Democrat appointees when you Colorado. say it may or may not, why? Because here's the thing. I read that as a non-lawyer and it doesn't, it mentions a bunch of officers of the United States, one of which is not named as the president. Yeah. And, and, and that, that legal argument could be correct. But this, what this judge did was she set it up where she found at the trial that there was an insurrection. And then she made the legal conclusion that the section three of the 14th amendment doesn't apply to the president. She punted she blinked at the last minute because of the political pressure, because of her donation. She's clearly biased. But what that does is it allows the seven Democrat justices on the Colorado Supreme Court to say, OK, yeah, we're going to go with your finding there was an insurrection, but it does apply to the president. and We're going to kick him off the ballot. And then Trump's not going to win Colorado. It's a deep blue state now after Democrats legalized weed and went to all mail ballots and then all the hippies moved there and ruined the state like COVID. But they're going to use that precedent in Colorado, right. in swing states like Michigan, like New Hampshire. That, this is not over. The Democrats, they, they fear President Trump, and so they will do anything they can to stop him, including bankrupting him, throwing him, throwing him in prison for the rest of his life, or coming up with bogus legal theories, theories that just take him off the ballot. The people right. who are screaming democracy are the biggest fascists in America. Okay, so there's the ballot. Right. And we just talked about that. They, these are these states that are Colorado, Michigan, et cetera, that are trying to get him kicked off the ballot. So far unsuccessful. But as you point out in Colorado, you've got seven judges, the Colorado Supreme Court, that, that that's the next legal battle. But let's go to his actual legal troubles. Right. So you've got Jack Smith, the special counsel prosecuting this case in D.C., Two things happened this week that I thought, or in the last seven days, I can't remember when the week started because it's been crazy. Um, the first that I thought was interesting, and I, I don't fully appreciate it because, again, I'm not a lawyer, but I, I read enough that I'm trying to figure out if I'm getting this right, 
is he asked the Supreme Court for an expedited review of whether Trump was immune from prosecution. And initially I thought this is interesting, but what I have garnered is that part of the reason he did that is that it is his hope that they rule in his favor, he, Jack Smith. He then cuts out the appeals process because the Supreme Court has ruled. And therefore, if he wins his case, Trump could be put in jail earlier. Is that is that really what's happening here? Or is there some legal maneuvering that I'm just not aware of? But but bottom line is Jack Smith basically is trying to take one of Trump's arguments away and saying, hey, Supreme Court, rule on this right away, right? Yeah, I mean, that's what he's trying to do. Jack Smith is desperate to keep this March 4th trial date. This, uh, you know, this Biden special counsel, Jack Smith, who is a deranged partisan who has been unanimously reversed by the Supreme Court in the past, eight to nothing, it would have been nine to nothing, but Justice Scalia died when he tried to take out Virginia Governor Bob McDonald. He did take him out politically. The conviction was overturned. Bob McDonald was a likely presidential or vice presidential candidate in 2016. Jack Smith took him out with a bogus legal theory. Jack Smith's doing the same thing or trying to do the same thing now with Trump. What Jack Smith's trying to do, he knows that presidential immunity uh, needs to be decided. You cannot criminally or civilly charge government officials for acting within their official capacity or under Supreme Court case law, the outer perimeter of their official duties, right? And how can a, the uh, the only one who can order a- So wait, so what is that? Just stop, because I thought that President Trump was saying, hey, I still have this power as a former president. But what you're saying is that there is question about whether or not somebody who was a government official can be prosecuted for their government official role while they, so meaning Trump Trump is Trump is immune from activity while he was president is that is that what I'm trying to yes so l- let's put it this way on January 6th when President Trump was trying to enforce the electoral count act of 1887 when he ordered his vice president to not certify the election he can't do that as a private citizen he can only right. do that as a president of the United States. And so the question is, is is he immune from doing that? Is he immune from telling? First of all, step back. What happened on January 6th was not a crime. It's not a, what, what Trump did on January 6th was not a crime. It is not a crime to object to a presidential election. It is, it is allowed. There'd be a lot of Democrats in jail if it was. It's allowed by the First Amendment. Democrats objected in 1968, 2000, 2004, and 2016. Al Gore, John Kerry, and Hillary Clinton are not in prison for objecting. So why should President Trump be in prison for objecting to a presidential election. It's also not only allowed by the Electoral Count Act of 1887, it's allowed by the First Amendment. You can object to elections in America. It's only illegal to object to elections in third world Marxist hellholes and now in DC and Atlanta, right? So step back and look at it that way, but then look at the separate issue. Either Trump did this in his personal capacity and the First Amendment protects him and the Electoral Count Act of 1887, protects him or he did this on uh, what he did on January 6th was in his presidential capacity right and so then if it's in his presidential capacity presidential Im- immunity applies right they they've never decided this issue in the criminal context as it relates to the president because a former president has never been charged criminally because Jack Smith bought, brought this unprecedented indictment but if you look at the speech or debate clause for congress or judicial immunity it applies to both the civil context and the criminal context. So why the hell wouldn't the president be immune from, uh, from immune from criminal prosecution? So walk me through what what happens now. Does the Supreme Court have to take up Jack Smith's request? Can they ignore it? Uh, will it have to go through the appeals process? What happens because he's made this action? 
Well, it's it's an extraordinary request that Jack Smith made to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court is considering the motions now. But this is called a cert before judgment, and it is extremely rare. The Supreme Court has discretionary review. It doesn't have to take cases. And generally what it does is it takes cases either from a federal court of appeals, in this case it would be the D.C. Circuit, or a state Supreme Court. I mean, there are other there are other ways you can get to the Supreme Court, but it's generally a state Supreme Court or a federal court of appeals. And this is important to go through the normal appellate process because these are no novel issues. This is the first time that the courts will decide whether the president is immune from criminal prosecution under presidential immunity. And you want to get uh, these three judges on the D.C. Circuit to weigh in before it goes to the Supreme Court and those nine justices decide. Why Jack Smith is trying to short circuit that process and do cert before judgment right at the Supreme Court. And it generally the Supreme Court, it takes four votes to grant cert to decide whether to take the case. It takes four votes. Cert before judgment takes five votes, right? So you need five justices. So if you got the five, uh, if you got the three libs, the three lib ladies, plus maybe Kavanaugh, plus maybe the chief, they can get this done, right? Um, and what that would mean is, is they would decide this presidential immunity uh, immediately. And then Jack Smith can railroad President Trump with this March trial and keep President Trump in the D.C. courtroom for six months or seven months. Wait, wait, so back up a second. So where do you so if the court were to rule today, knowing what you know about the justices, so if they agreed to take it, do you think they rule for Jack Smith or for President Trump? I mean, they should absolutely support President Trump because this is so and if they did. So if they supported Trump, then does the case just go away or what 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 is the effect if that happens? If if Jack Smith has asked the court, the Supreme Court to do this, what then happens if they actually rule against Jack Smith and in President Trump's favor case wise? It would be it would a big part of the case would go away, both in the Jack Smith case in DC along with the Fannie Willis January sixth case down in Georgia. But guess what? I don't I don't think the Supreme Court's going to take this case immediately because it's so extraordinary. Right. I think they're going to want it to go through the D.C. Circuit. But Jack Smith wants them to rule right away and put all this pressure so, on the Supreme Court. And if and they do what what you what, what I think you think and what sounds like it's precedent to say we're just going to punt or we'll wait, then the process works its way through. Correct. And does that mean that Trump has to sit in court in, in court through this process while while this is adjudicated? No, and that's the key with presidential immunity is, is it when you're dealing with government immunity, sovereign immunity, presidential immunity, speech, speech or debate clause for Congress, judicial immunity for judges, you have to stay the proceedings. And that's what Jack Smith is not. That's, so that's, can you explain that? I don't understand what that means. So like the court says we're not going to do it. Does the case proceed or do we then just litigate this immunity thing for a while? What, what, where does the case go if the Supreme Court says, thanks, we're, we're, we're not going to weigh in right now? It's supposed to stay the case. If you look at case law for government immunity, uh, normally cases, you have to wait till the trial to take cases on appeal and you go through the entire trial. So if, if Trump is just making a First Amendment argument on January 6th, you wait till after the trial and then you raise the First Amendment argument at the trial court. Judge Chuckin, who's a partisan hack, denies the motion. And then after the trial, after the criminal conviction, then the D.C. certain you, you would raise the First Amendment issue on appeal. Uh, and maybe from prison, you would raise that First Amendment issue. And then if the, the the D.C. Circuit reverses, then you can get out of prison, right? With government immunity, it's different. Government, government immunity, because it is the separation of powers, that forces the courts to stay the proceedings and immediately decide the immunity issues before the trial, before the criminal conviction. And so 
with government immunity, with presidential immunity, they should stay these proceedings while the D.C. Circuit considers the briefs and the arguments and makes a ruling. And you should stay the proceedings while the Supreme Court decides whether to take the case. And then if they do take the case, then they should stay the proceedings. Look, Jack Smith waited, the Biden Justice Department waited 30 months to bring criminal charges against Trump. Why the hell do they need to have this trial in March and another trial in March. I think it has something to do with a primary in Super Tuesday. I'm just guessing. Well, I mean, that just shows you this is purely lawfare and and election interference by the Biden Justice Department, by Jack Smith and the Biden Justice Department. If they waited 30 months to bring unprecedented indictments of a former president who happens to be the leading presidential candidate, they they timed these to have back-to-back-to-back trials in March Right. 2024, March 2024 for another one, May 2024 for another one, and August 2024 for another another one. This January 6th trial with Jack Smith, we're talking like 13 million pages of documents and hundreds of potential witnesses. Well, and, it's, and they've, they've gone after his phones too, right? Yeah, they're going after his phones, they're, I mean, which raises huge questions about executive privilege. And think about it this way on government uh, immunity. If, if the Supreme Court or if the D.C. Circuit of the Supreme Court want to gut government immunity, presidential immunity to get Trump, just like they've done with attorney-client privilege and executive privilege. Think about the implication of this. So does that mean if Trump's back in the White House, Trump's Justice Department can indict President Obama for his extrajudicial murder of a 16-year-old American citizen, right? Because you wouldn't have presidential immunity for, for doing that under the Democrats' theory with Trump. And the statute of limitations doesn't run for murder. There is no statute of limitations for murder. Does that mean that the Trump Justice Department can charge Obama for murder for his drone strike of a 16-year-old American citizen? Uh, That's the path we we could be going down. Well, that's it. It just seems to me they never appreciate the unintended consequences of this stuff. Uh, And and I also think they think that Republicans will be wussies if they ever get back into power. Let me just ask you this. I got two more things in, in like a minute. So to go, the first is this. Based on everything that you've laid out and the premise that I put forward at the beginning, meaning that if you were an outsider dropped onto this planet and said, let me walk you through a scenario, what do you think happens? I think the, the a, a person with no other details saying, do you think this person can be successful in their pursuit of the, the, this ex-political office? They'd say, are you kidding me? These four political cases, these efforts to keep them off the ballot. If you had to look in a crystal ball, does Trump pull this out? I mean, like, can, are the forces so great against him or does he have the legal prowess and power, you know, and, and attorneys that are needed to get him through this? Trump's going to win these cases both legally and politically. The, the American people see through this. They see that it's lawfare. This is what the Article right. 3 project's been doing for 16 months is pointing out this is election interference. This is lawfare. And it's very obvious when you look at the trial schedule, when you have Trump sitting at a civil trial in New York right now since October, then he faces Two, two criminal trials in March, another criminal right. trial in Maine, and another criminal trial in August. Uh, that, that's just obvious to anyone that this is election interference. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, let me ask you this. This is my final question for you. If he makes it through, there's been a lot of scuttle uh, from people around President Trump recognizing the hard work of you and Article 3 that you would make a great attorney general. If asked, would you serve? Uh, no, because I couldn't get confirmed. I would get one charity vote from my bo- former boss, Chuck Grassley, and it would ruin his 60-year political career. <laughs> would me a so charity what, vote. What, what could you do? 
I, look, I was the chief counsel for nominations. There's no chance in hell I would get confirmed. I'm realistic <laughs> about that. I'm happy to serve President Trump from the outside like I've been doing. I've already. But isn't there a way that he could put you in uh, in some other non-confirmed role? Well, I, may, may, maybe, but you know what? I, I have I have given up my law practice before to go into government, to go to the Senate Judiciary Committee, to go clerk for Justice Gorsuch. At some point, I have to grow up and make money so I can retire. At some uh, point. You know what? I've, I've heard I've been told that myself. So I appreciate so, that. You well, know. I, look, I love Trump. I'm going to continue to fight. As, yeah. uh, as, as, I think the Article three project has been extremely oh, effective in, in, in this welfare fight. And I want to yep. continue to do that. I want to help President Trump pick the best judges. Uh, in his second term, and I want to continue to fight for President well, Trump every second look, of every day. I'll just say this as someone who's who's had you on the show for several years now. You guys do amazing work. You're an articulate spokesman for what's going on and, and bringing down very complex legal things into bite-sized pieces that the average American can understand. I appreciate all the appearances that you make in the work that Article 3 does. So God bless you. Uh, we're out of time. Thank you guys for watching. What a great discussion with Mike. We're going to obviously have him back. I appreciate your comments and your feedback in the comments below. You can always go to my site, seanspicershow.com slash VIP to sign up to be part of our weekly discussions. You can text me at 571-441-4991. We'll see you back here tomorrow on the Sean Spicer Show. Thanks for subscribing and for sharing this episode.